0: Good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? We're glad to have y'all here today. I want to go ahead and say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I hope your day is restful if you're in need of rest and fun if you're in need and fun. And I hope your husband and or children cook dinner for you tonight and you don't have to do anything. So I want to get started today. I just want to share a couple of stories with you guys. Um, First one I want to share is when I was a boy. We used to go, and we would visit my Aunt May, and whenever we would go and visit her, she would you know, she would sit there with us and talk and ask questions and tell stories, as relatives do. But there's two things that I could always count on when going to Aunt May's house. And the first one is that as soon as she found out that I was coming over, she would make one of her famous Aunt May's chocolate pies, and that would be coming home with me because that's my favorite dessert of all time. And she would always make that every time I came over. And the second thing that she would always do, at some point during the, the visit, she would look at me, and I don't know why she did it every single time, but she always did, and she would go, Blake, here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up, and here's all the people. And she would do that every single time. When I was, a, another story for you, when I was a kid in elementary school, for a couple of years there was a time when my grandma would pick me up from school every day, and she would take me home and make sure I did my homework and everything and hang out with me until my mom or dad got home. And there was two things I could always count on whenever my grandma picked me up from school. The first one is that we would go to the Huckabee's gas station 10 minutes down the road opposite of the way back to my house so that I could get a blue raspberry frosty and a pack of M&M's because that's my favorite snack. Still is my favorite candy today. If anybody wants to get me M&M's, I'll take them. And the second thing that I could always count on is my grandma would take me home. She would take the dog out, make sure I did my homework and everything. And at some point during the, the hangout before my mom or dad got home, she would want me to read to her so I could help practice my reading, but she would always want me to read my Bible or a Dr. Seuss book. But a lot of times it was my Bible. And then when I was in middle school and my early years of high school before I could drive, my mom would drive me to school every morning because she didn't want to put me on that that bus that all those crazy things happen on. So my mom, she didn't hang me out to dry. She'd take me to school. And there was two things I could always count on when my mom drove me to school in the morning. The first one is that we would leave way earlier than we needed to because my mom hates to be late. And now I hate to be late. She passed that down to me. And the second thing that I could always count on is that as we're pulling out of the driveway and as we're Starting the ride, my mom would always say a a little good morning car prayer on the way to school, just praying for our family, our friends, her friends, school, works, everything under the sun. So I tell you guys all these stories because these are some of the big examples of my life of characteristics of a godly mother, and I get these characteristics from the uh, mother figures in my life, so... The first characteristic of a godly mother that I want to talk about is a godly mother is a praying mother. Like I said, my mom would pray out loud every single morning on the car ride to school. And prayer is one of the most powerful things that anyone can do for anyone, um, but especially that a mother can do for one of her children. Um, A mother should pray for her family. She should pray for her kids. She should pray for her husband. Um, their health, their, their walk with the Lord, just every, and their hardships, everything that they have going on. But she should also pray for herself. And one of the biggest things I think that you can do as a parent is praying for God to give you wisdom in raising your children. And when I say that, I mean praying for godly wisdom because there's a difference between the world's wisdom and God's wisdom, right? So if we pray for godly wisdom and God gives us the wisdom to raise our children, then we will raise them up in the way that God sees fit. And that's not always the same as the way the world tells you that you should raise your kids. So we want to make sure we're raising our kids in the way that God sees or says to do. So what does Scripture say about praying for wisdom, right? Um, James 1, 5 through 8, we have it pulled up for you, but I'll read it to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So moms, whenever you're praying for God to give you godly wisdom to raise your kids up in the way that he wants you to, pray knowing that God will give you that wisdom. God, his word says right here that, let whoever lacks wisdom, let him ask, and it will be given to him. And that's not just for moms. That's for all of us. We should all pray for godly wisdom because it's a complicated world out there, and we got to navigate it somehow, and we're not going to navigate it well or in the way that God would with the world's wisdom. Um, yes, but James says to ask or to pray for that wisdom in faith, knowing that God will give you that wisdom. He gives it liberally without reproach. He doesn't hold it back. It's not like, all right, I'll give you a little bit, but you can't have the rest of it. Like, we should be praying in faith for wisdom. And prayer is a spiritual discipline. It's one of the most of the important spiritual disciplines. And what makes prayer so cool, hold on. I was reading this book. It's Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. I recommend it to you guys. It's by Donald S. Whitney. And basically, he just talks about what the spiritual disciplines are, and why they're important and how we can practically apply them in our life. But anyway, it's like $12 new or $3 used or you can borrow my copy. But anyway, he talks about prayer in there and what he says that the cool thing about prayer isn't necessarily that we can talk to God, which that is that is a cool thing about prayer. But the cooler thing is that God actually listens to us. And what he says is that God's ears are continuously open to us. He will hear every prayer of his children, even when our prayers are weaker than a snowflake. So, God is always willing to hear our prayers. He always listens to our prayers. That's why it's so important to utilize that discipline. So everybody should be praying for wisdom. Everybody should be praying for their families, um, mothers, fathers, every, every believer should be praying for their family, for wisdom, for everything. The next characteristic of a godly mother that I want to talk about is this. A godly mother teaches in the ways of the Lord. So like I said, my grandma would always help me read my Bible. And I would come across words I didn't know, and she would tell them what they are. I'll, I'll tell you guys this story. It's kind of funny. This has stuck with me my entire life. I think about this like once a week, and I don't know why. I don't. Maybe there's something wrong up here. But one time, my grandparents, my grandpa was there that day too. He sometimes would come, sometimes he wouldn't. He was just... Sometimes he was working on the farm. But anyway, so my grandparents picked me up from school, took me to Huckabee's to get my snack, and then took me home, made sure I did my homework, took the dog out and everything. And then I was reading my Bible to him, and I was reading in Genesis about Adam and Eve. And I'd known the story, but I'd never seen it on paper before. I'd heard it a thousand times. And I'm reading it, and I'm talking about when they were naked, and I know I knew what naked meant, but I'd never seen the word on paper before. So I'm like, and Adam and Eve were naked. And my grandf- I looked at my grandparents, I was like, what does naked mean? And my grandma was like, that means naked. That means they didn't have no clothes on. I was, like, I, I was like, I know what naked means, but I'd never seen it on paper before. So a little funny story for you. But aside from helping me with the words I didn't know, more than that, she was instilling in me the importance of reading my Bible and Scripture reading and how important That is, See, because a godly mother teaches in the ways of the Lord, and logic will tell you that in order to teach in the ways of the Lord, you must know the ways of the Lord. So a godly mother, like I said, the spiritual disciplines, should be practicing those, right? Bible reading, prayer, service, learning, like all those spiritual disciplines, we should be practicing those. Um, One of the best ways that anyone can teach anyone, but a, a way that a mother can teach her children to live in the ways of the Lord is to be an example of the ways of the Lord to them, right? To live by faith, to be a doer of the word. Hebrews 10.38 tells us that the just shall live by faith. To live by faith is to be obedient to the word of God because genuine faith always produces obedience. Think about it. If you didn't actually believe in God or you didn't actually believe about what he said or what he says will happen or anything, why would you ever be obedient to him? If you didn't actually believe that Jesus is God, why would you be obedient to him whenever he says to love your enemies and rejoice when you're persecuted? Because That's so counter what is innate to us. See, that's because genuine faith produces obedience. So to live by faith is to let your, your faith produce obedience. And that's what we should be as an example to others. And that's what mothers should be an example to their children. James 1:22 says to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only if you're only deceiving yourself if that is. But to be a doer of the word is also to do the word, to be obedient to God. Think of Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount. After like one of the most not important what well, is important, but one of the most prominent passages or most known passages of scripture, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6 and 7 and Jesus, he preaches and does his whole sermon. He's getting to the end of it, and he says, whoever hears these words of mine and does them, obeys them, is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And when the storms came, his foundation was strong and he was fine. But whoever hears these words, hears only and doesn't obey them, it's like the foolish man who built his house in the sand. And when the winds came and the storms came, he didn't have a foundation and he wasn't able to stand and he fell. So just like, Whenever we hear the word, right, whenever we obey it, hear and obey, we're like the wise man. So when the trials and tribulations and afflictions of life come, we'll have that firm foundation and we can stand. That's the example that we should be setting for others. That's the example that mothers should set for their children. Um, So teach your children the ways of the Lord, like, it's good to teach your children to memorize Scripture and the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments and all that. But don't, don't just show them the Lord's Prayer and be like, all right, pray this every night before you go to bed and you'll be good. Like, that's, it's good to memorize these things. It's good to memorize the Ten Commandments and things like that. But show them the Ten Commandments. Show them how to pray by praying with them and for them. Don't just show them the Lord's Prayer and say, all right, recite this every night before you go to bed and you'll be all right. Because that's not teaching them anything. Pray with them and show them how to pray and show them how you live out the Ten Commandments in your life and how you live out love God and love others in your life. Don't just tell them to. So, Be an example of living a godly life. The next characteristic of a godly mother is that a godly mother is a servant. One of the big things that my mom would always say during our morning car ride, during the prayer, she would always ask God to give us a servant's heart and a Christ-like spirit. A heart to serve others is often showed through love, right? Uh, love and service typically go hand in hand. If you love somebody, you want to do things for them. You show your love to somebody by serving them. So like when my grandma would drive 10 minutes that way and then put 10 minutes back going this way just to get me a snack so I could get my blue raspberry frosty and my M&Ms, right? That's a little act of service, but it showed me that she loved me. Like whenever my aunt may would be like, "Oh, Blake's coming, let me make a chocolate pie. That's his favorite. Let me make one that I can send it home with him. That's his favorite. That's a little act of service that showed me that she loved me. And these acts of service, they don't seem huge, but they show me that they love me. Galatians 5:13 through 14 tells us that we've been made free. But also, it doesn't stop there. It encourages us, don't use your freedom to indulge in yourself, but use your freedom to love or to serve others through love. So telling people that you love them is great. You should, tell, you should tell your friends, you should tell your family, people you care about that you love them, but you should also show them. Like I said, my grandma showed me that she loved me when she would do that little extra thing, that little extra act of service to get me my snack. My Aunt May, she would do that little extra act of service To get me a pie that I love. My Aunt May passed away when I was in middle school. So my mom makes the Aunt May's chocolate pies now. They're just as good as Aunt May's, I will say. But at Thanksgiving every year, my mom's always like, what do you want for Thanksgiving this year? And I always say ham, mac and cheese, and Aunt May's chocolate pies. Same three things every year. Always say that. But since my grandparents have gotten older in recent years, my mom has cooked the entire Thanksgiving meal, put it in the back of our car, drove it up to their house, unloaded, put it down, we ate and everything, loaded it up, leave some leftovers with them, take some with us, and we go back. She cooks the entire meal by herself, but she still always makes sure that she makes an Aunt May's chocolate pie, even if I'm the only one who will eat it. And everybody, there's not a lot of sweet tooth in my family, apparently. Everybody else likes the other desserts. I don't know. Anyway, even if I'm the only one to eat it, she'll still always make one. That's just the act of service that shows me that she loves me. All right, Jesus showed his disciples that he loved them when he did the service of washing their feet. He showed the world they loved it when he did the service of dying on a cross for it. The biggest act of love that there has ever been is when Jesus died on the cross. John, in his gospel, Quotes Jesus and he says that there is no greater love than this than to lay your life down for a friend. And Jesus laid his life down for the entire world. So the bottom line is we're, that we're never more like Christ when we're being selfless, when we're serving others and loving others. Now, I don't want there to be this, some misconception about selflessness, thinking that it's thinking less of yourself, that other people are better so you have to do things for them. But it's more, that doesn't help anybody, that's not good. It's not thinking less of yourself but rather thinking of yourself less is that letting your love for others just compel you to do things to do this service for them so don't think less of yourself just try to think of yourself less and think of others so now i know we've been kind of oriented towards mothers because it's mother's day but i do want to take a minute to talk to the the guys in the room because there is a responsibility on the guys when it comes to being a godly mother. So 1 John four nineteen tells us that we are able to love because God loved us. Right? God demonstrated his love for us and that he sent his son Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So like I said, Christ's death on the cross was the biggest act of love that there's ever been and that there ever will be because he died for the sins of the world. And it's because of God's love for us that we have the capability to love. So what does Paul say to husbands in Ephesians 5.25? He says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Husbands have the responsibility to encourage and love their wives to be a godly mother. And they can best do that by being a godly husband, by being a godly man. So just like a godly mother should pray for her family and should pray for wisdom, a godly man should pray with and for his family and he should also pray for wisdom. The same way I said that pray in faith for wisdom, that asking in faith and it will be given to you. Just like a godly mother should set an example to her kids by living by faith and being a doer of the word, A godly husband, a godly man, should set that example for his wife and for his kids as well. He should live by faith. He should let his faith produce obedience to the word of God in his life. And he should be a doer of the word. Like the wise man who built his house on the rock, he should hear these words and obey them. And just like a godly mother should serve her family through love, a godly man should be the chief servant of the family. He should always be looking for opportunities to serve his family, not thinking less of himself, but thinking of himself less. So as we come to a close here, I want to just give you guys a few takeaways. Utilize prayer in your life because God always hears your prayers. It's not, it doesn't go void. It's not pointless. There's no, it's never a waste to pray to God because he's always listening. Even when you don't have much to say. uh, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf even when it's just moans and groans and we have nothing that we even can, we don't have the strength to muster words. Seek to live by faith in your life and to be a doer of the word. Be obedient to God. Live by faith. Let your faith produce obedience. Be a doer. Take the word, hear it, and obey. Don't be a hearer only because you're just deceiving yourself and live selflessly because Christ did not come and die and resurrect to set us free from our sin just for us to return to our selfish desires. He set us free so that we could love one another and serve one another humbly in love.